God, how many years now? Yeah, it's been. And a while. like, there was one one year where I accidentally shaved it way too close, and you were like, "I, I can't look at you. Like, it doesn't. Uh, it does not Brock. look right." Oh, that's right. My buddy Brock said. I that. I mean, I didn't think it looked quite right, but Brock no, but was you, definitely like, "No, I can't even look you in the eye." Yeah, he's like, "I can't. Like, this is just not right. So just grow it back. Hurry up." <laughs> so. So this movie. So this movie takes place. Uh, a few weeks after the initial zombie outbreak um, in the 60s. Um, and it's in a much bigger... They scaled up. So we're not in a little farmhouse anymore. We scaled up. We're now um, moving about town. We're in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, yep. I think. Um, so we're, we've scaled up. We're in a TV studio. We're looking about town. We end up at a mall, which is... Um, the mall setting has become so iconic. And I don't like to use that word because I feel like it gets tossed around a lot. But what Romero did in this instance is he created this setting that has been used in so many different iterations of um, the, the zombie... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Aesthetic zombie? Lore. No, 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 no. In in zombie entertainment. Okay. Because how many Left for Dead video games were there? Oh, yeah. Where they were in a shopping mall? Like it, it just suddenly became this weirdly synonymous thing. And whereas Night of the Living Dead, where he accidentally commented on the racism element, it really wasn't meant to happen. He just cast the actor he did to play Ben. Because he thought he was the best actor for the role, which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and and the guy that played he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's perfect. So he's perfect. Um, in this one, he decided to comment more on consumer culture. This is the tail end of the '70s. He filmed this in '78. It was the rise of um, the shopping malls. We haven't quite gotten into the decadence of the '80s, but we are coming on the back end of pretty big recession that was started Jimmy Carter years. Um, that sounds real familiar. Mm-hmm. As a millennial, we've done this once or twice. So History's doomed to repeat itself. Yeah, because morons keep trying to erase it. But anywho, we're not going to erase it. We're going to talk about it a little <laughs> bit. So, this was a movie. Yes, it was. And surprisingly... Um, after hearing your, well, seeing your text and then hearing you talk about it off podcast where, uh, you fucking hated this movie yes. and not, not to, you know, shoot the, shoot the ending in the foot. However, I, I, I'll say that because I'm on the other end of the spectrum. So guess what guys, we got ourselves another shining episode. <laughs> like, so, all right. <laughs> I want to start the movie off with really taught, like, kind of giving that comparison between the 78 version and the 2004 version. Now, because I remember, like, I listened back to the 2004 version, and I love that people gave that movie so much shit because of how different it was. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm good with that because I don't need to just have four people in a mall. Like, I've already seen that movie. Having the 2004 version. It's still set in a mall, but they've expanded on it. Yeah, and they've, yeah. they've increased it with the 
just how you got the running zombies, which, and I, if you've listened to the show before, I am a bigger fan of the running zombie because they're more of a threat. You can't, like, when you get in front of them, you got to figure out, shit, I got to get away. I can't just run, you know, through them and zigzag. Right, you can't pull the Millennium Falcon move where you just drift lazily to the left. Yeah, because there was a couple times where uh, our or one of our heroes, uh, Roger, he's like running around and I mean, he's like hitting him in the you know face with a gun and he's kind of taking a sweet time and he's, you know, shooting him in the face. And then he's just, there is no threat. Like they, they're so slow that even if like they go to reach for him, he could just literally push their hand away. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not scary to me. Now, when you get to the 2004 version and it's literally, there is no way you can get away from these things. And on top of that, they also look extremely creepier. <laughs> so, because of the makeup. We'll talk about that in a second. Yep. But that was the thing was, I will 100% defend everything for the Snyder version just because it holds up for me. As a film, yes, there's mistakes. Yes, there's plot holes. Yeah, but it still is the same concept that Romero had just done with more people. Just bigger. Yeah, it was a it was a bigger production, bigger bigger budget, all that. Like, so I think that it was great in that. As and I mean, the you got your the the cast and crew and stuff like that was absolutely fantastic. And going in the '78 film. I found it really weird because I watched the the documentary or like the making of and Romero did this so just kind of like on the fly and it's such a weird he's like I just want to make a movie and so he's like okay we're gonna go and find people to make this Flyboy I guess was working in like a diner like a, a restaurant or something like that that Romero and his wife went to and they were talking to him and he just kind of, they just started talking back. He's like, all right, cool, you're in. And like, I, I guess after like one little like line read or something like that, he's like, yeah, yeah, you got it. And then same thing with Roger. Like they just kind of, I guess they worked at the restaurant and so they just hired him up. Ken Forhey, I think, was the only one that they had to do like a good, like a, they read for. Um, well, I think Ken Bray was an actual actor at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they he read and they were like, "Okay, no, you're 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 it." And what's awesome is that he's actually friends with the guy that played Ben. And so oh, that's he, cool. yeah, so he called him up and said, "Hey, guess what? Like I'm in this Romero." And the guy was like, "Oh, hey, tell George I said, "Hey." It was just like, "That's fucking awesome." So, now the one so I could see where with Roger and Flyboy being just kind of like just off the cuff like no you guys are great like i like it let's go like get in the van um however hey kid, you want some candy <laughs> however um the the lady at play is a francine um that is the just the pinnacle of fake it till you make it because the entire time like i'm listening to this documentary she is just going i don't know what the fuck i'm doing I've never acted in my life. And I told George, yeah, I've done this. And he's like, all right, cool. You're in. And she's like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then there's, like, the scene where uh, she's supposed to be ice skating. She's never ice skated before. But she told George that she could. 
And so that one little shot is the only shot of her ever ice skating. And then, like, afterward, like, she fell and she's like, I can't do this. And he's like, all right, you're fine. And then, like, that was it. The scene with the Hare Krishna, like, uh, zombie going after her, mm-hmm. she actually went to a an acting coach during the day before the filming of those scenes. And this is, like, an old, like, little Russian lady. And she... Like, all the students are bringing all their play, you know, Hamlet and stuff that they're they're practicing for whatever bullshit production that they're doing. And she brings in Dawn of the Dead. Like, that's what, like, she brought in the script for that and said, this is my scene. This is what I'm doing. And so this little Russian lady is just listening to this and she's trying to understand, like... And at the the point where you almost feel like this woman would be like, okay, get out. Like, <laughs> you're ridiculous. This is, this makes no sense. This lady's like, okay, so what is this zombie doing? Like, what are, like, is he reaching out? Like, she's like in depth. And they actually went off, um, like, together and, like, were sitting in this room and was talking about this scene and what Francine is, and, like, so that scene that we're, shown with the Harry Christian, that is her from hours before practicing and then it was like so this woman she just faked it so hard and it was just funny because I was like that is I mean she didn't do terrible but there's one of those there's like after you hear it you're just like okay it makes a lot lot of sense like because <laughs> there's a lot of those scenes that was just like I know there's one that you were just like, Oh my god, we got another Barbara. Yeah. And we all if you've listened to that episode, you know how I love Barbara. Yeah, we definitely did not so love So much. I hate women like that. Yeah. I hate characters like that. I hate it so much. So the the scene that we're talking about is uh when the group they take off in a helicopter and they land to, to refuel. And there's like a, a whole mess of, of you shit that kind of goes on that we'll kind of get into it a little bit later. But the one is uh, Flyboy gets attacked by a zombie and he's f- fumbling around, wrestling around, trying to, get a, trying to get a hammer. And she just kind of stands there and freezes. She doesn't know what to do and she doesn't really react. She doesn't do anything. And Fly- she's watching her boyfriend um, wrestle around with a zombie. Like, he's struggling really hard to get away from the zombie. Yup, and if he wasn't wearing a leather jacket and leather gloves, he'd have been fucked. Yeah, so she's like, freaks out, and then he gets up and smacks the, the zombie with a hammer, and then goes and, like, bumps into another one of the most awkward... Like flail I've ever seen in my it was, life. Well, it was like he tried to do like a full tackle on it, and it just—it was weird. But yeah, but she silly. didn't. She did not react. But the great—the one thing about that scene that I do respect on that was that Romero wanted her to scream, and she didn't. And so Romero's like, "Hey, you were supposed to like freak out at the scene, like what?" And she's like, "I didn't." She's like, "I didn't want to be that." typical woman because like throughout the movie that's all you're going to see me as because I'm screaming this early in the movie and Romero's like oh shit yeah you're right and then went with that like and so he kind of kept that going throughout the movie with her wanting to learn how to shoot she wanted to learn how to fly the helicopter she wanted to be a part of the team she didn't want to be just the 
she didn't the want to housewife. Be, she didn't want to be babysat. She didn't want to be the den mother. Which is 100% better than what we saw with Barbara. I agree. I really appreciate it. I didn't particularly love the Francine character too much, but I did appreciate that she was like, she asked the boys to show her how to do stuff. So, A, so that she felt useful, but also B, there were times when the boys weren't around. She needed to be able to defend herself. And in the end, she also needed to know how to get away in case the boy, like Steven, for example, wasn't going to be around to fly the helicopter. He was a helicopter pilot. Somebody else needed to know how to fly that thing. And the funny thing is, is like um, during the filming, uh, the group of them, like like, uh, Roger and um, Peter, uh, I forget Roger's name, um, but Ken Forhey and the guy that played Roger, they used to ride together, like two set. So they would get up in, uh, well, like in the afternoon uh, before they were supposed to leave, and they would meet up in this like garage. Ken Forhey he was always late, <laughs> so and then like when he'd show up, be like, "All right, let's go," and he's like, "Oh, I'm glad you showed up. Like it's great. Like so so glad you could make it. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking freezing out here. So, but they were always late, but they were always driving together, and then. They would then later meet up with the guy that played Steven, and they would just kind of get together and have coffee. But Francine, or the lady that played Francine, was never there. They kind of kept that dynamic because that's kind of how it was shown in the movie. And it was weird because they were like, well, at first it wasn't meant to be that way, but then it just kind of just fell into that. And the scene where... Uh, Francine's actually saying like, "Oh, I need to learn how to fly this, you know, the helicopter. I want to like, I don't mm-hmm. want to all that stuff." I love the dynamic of Peter going, "All right, cool, like, yeah, sure, like, I have no problem with that." But then Stephen having just a big hair across his ass about it, and it's such a weird thing because we come to find out that Francine again to throw a big monkey wrench in this whole thing. She's pregnant. Yeah, when the movie starts, they said she's about four months pregnant, and there was a scene where she was puking, and this is like several weeks into them being at the mall, and I'm like, all right, she's very firmly in that second trimester. They're really, outside of rare instances, there's not really any morning sickness at that point. No, Uh, but they were trying to give the... Just a reminder. The the reminder. She's pregnant. But (laughs) for me, as like... I had to do this thing where I'm like, it hit me very, very sideways because throughout the movie, she is smoking and she is drinking. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, like, man, there is zero fucks given. Yeah, just a reminder of the 70s. <laughs> that, that wasn't a thing. So different times. Yeah. Like, I remember there's like, uh, all right, so when you were pregnant with our son, I remember uh, us hanging out with a bunch of our friends. And again, I'm not used to that and I'm trying to be nice and I have a beer and I go and hand you one and I'm like here you go and you're like everyone's just like Craig the fuck are you doing I'm like I'm being nice like do you want a drink like this is and you just kind of like looked at me and I'm like oh yeah I forgot stupid sorry <laughs> I, like, <laughs> yeah that was one of those moments where I was like he'll get there he'll get like, there just, like, oh he got there I was like why the fuck are you just staring at me I'm here like I'm being nice like what? Oh, got it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, but that was the funny. It was like, so watching Francine just 
constantly smoking, con- like, and just drinking, and just... And actually, I know it was I mean, the wine, I could maybe see. Being, uh, you can have a glass of wine yeah. it, that most doctors are like, it's fine. But I know it was of the time, it was a thing in the 70s where nobody knew what fetal alcohol syndrome was, you know, smoking was, wasn't really as vilified as it is currently, but... Because I live in 2022 and I've had two children, I'm watching this and I'm just disgusted the whole time. I'm like, I just kind of want to punch her in the face. Yeah. I didn't even particularly care for the character as it was. Yeah. But on top of it, she's pregnant and she's smoking and she's drinking and I'm I'm annoyed. Now the like I was saying with with the the dynamic between Peter and Stephen during that one scene. So they make it, uh, they deal with a whole bunch of the zombies. And when they come back up, um, this is like right after the Hare Krishna uh, zombie comes over, and Francine's off in another room. They think that she's asleep, and the other the guys are there. Stephen then informs them that she's pregnant, and then Peter goes, "Do you want to abort it?" He's like, "If you want to do it." He's like, I know how to do it. First off, I was like, for a SWAT team guy, like he knows. I was like, God damn, yeah, like I <laughs> think that was fucking unnecessary. <laughs> but the fact that it's like, oh, she's four months along, so she's already into the second trimester. And this isn't a pro-choice, pro-life argument. This is just trying to follow logic. Yeah. Where this is a fully formed, albeit teeny weeny little baby. And he suggests aborting the baby because life is bleak right now. And then proceeds when he's saying, I know how to do it. Why? Yeah, like how? how? Were you performing back alley (laughs) abortions? Is this because you had a voodoo granddaddy? Is this, do you know what the particular herbal concoctions would be to yeah, spontaneously to, to perform it in a mall office like, like are you just really <laughs> savvy with a coat hanger like i don't understand yeah how he would know how to yeah. do this now the i i was trying to think back uh to the walking dead because that was i mean that was created based off of this mm-hmm. film and they had that whole scenario, you know, with the baby and uh, and their story, where it's you're you oh. have a pregnant woman. Was it Lori? With, yeah, with Lori's wife. Yeah, yeah. And so you're dealing with that, God, and but it's just like out of all the zombie, like just stories and just topics and just things that could could go wrong or or happen in a zombie story. Having a like a pregnant or like being a pregnant woman in a zombie apocalypse is probably the most terrifying thing because you know I've seen you pregnant and it was like it's you know when you are like full blown like ready to pop it's like you ain't fucking moving like it is like you, everything hurts it's just a very mis and so and to have to deal also, with also babies cry and babies cry yes and they always need to be fed and so food being short and not uh necessarily having the just a right environment to raise that child i mean again they did it in the walking dead was it a struggle yes could you do it yes but when you're trying to hide away from a zombie or when you're trying to be quiet it's like there's 
it's, it's you're not going to get that. It's not going to happen. So having Peter mention that where he's like I like whether or not like it's like how skilled he is at doing the deed, it's like in that aspect where it's like I kind of uh, in a weird way appreciate that he did offer that because I don't know if I don't know if Stephen or or, or Francine has ever thought about it because one that was like there's nothing that they can do like they're they're incapable of, of whatever it is so but because of the world actually come into it in like at that moment and they're seeing people rise from the dead and they're eating people and it's just mass chaos and all that stuff and like later on in the movie uh there's a very sweet moment where uh peter makes a dinner and he Give, takes them out on a date basically like they get yeah. dressed in a nice suit and tie and uh she's in a very, like super nice dress mm-hmm. and peter's like she francine's like oh well, aren't you gonna sit with us and he's like nope this is just for you two like you guys enjoy and then he goes and see, sees roger for a little bit um but then like steven goes to hand her a wedding ring because steven want like i mean in the grand scheme he's like he wants to marry her and he's having a kid with her but she just turned around and goes no it's not the right time for that and if a little part of me is like dude if she is not gonna marry you or like in a fake like a fake oh i love marriage, that she was basically like this is not the time yeah or she's like oh and it's not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna be real because there's nobody to officiate it's like it's stupid it's really stupid reasoning. It's lousy. Yeah. She, girl, if you don't want to marry the fucker, just say it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's all it came down to. Because, honestly, what does it matter? Yeah. But it was just, it was a very sweet little moment, and it just got, like, tossed out the fucking window by that comment. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you're still having this kid with him. It's still his his his, his baby. Whether you're in a zombie apocalypse or not, I mean, mm-hmm. he's... He's in on you, and you just shot him down. And then that whole, like I was saying, back to that conversation where she's like, "I want to, you know, be a part of the team, all that shit." Uh, and Peter's like, "Cool, like I'm with it." Stephen, because he's trying to do that. No, I'm like, I'm I'm your man, and I'm trying to take care. Like he's trying to be the misogynist, like not a misogynist. Like he's no, just, he's, like, you know, he's but trying to be a bit more of a traditionalist. A traditional, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So I mean, I like that, and he was trying to. He started getting a little like sour, you know, towards her, and like she even was like, you know, uh, like I'm just trying to do this. I'm sorry, but like it's it yeah. Is I'm gonna, I'm gonna is, stop but. you right there. Um, I'm gonna stop you with that because Stephen's a fucking moron. Hundred percent. Like the honestly, Peter aside, this was a ragtag group of fucking morons. Nobody would act like this. Stephen especially was a bumbling twit. With the thing with the keys at J.C. Penney's, where he's like, "Oh no, I've got them stuck on my pocket," and like the way he was trying to be big man on campus, but he didn't know how to shoot, like. Those sorts of things. He just... I heard someone describe him as, like, in in one of the reviews I saw, as being, oh, he started out as being sort of naive. Naive's not the word. He's a dumbass. And he remained a dumbass almost till the end. It was... 
it was weird because he actually, to me, seemed like that third wheel kid. He seemed like the like. So you have the two popular kids, and then you got the kid that's like, oh, I'm gonna join in with those guys to make myself bigger. And that's where because the like the scenes where they stop off to get fuel, and he starts to, he points the gun at, at in Peter's direction to shoot that zombie, and then he's just constantly missing, and then all of a sudden Roger knocks the gun away, you know, out of out of his way and then and then stands in front shoots that. Clear. You know what though? That whole thing really pissed me off too because Roger like it was it was said during one of the news broadcasts, but I don't think Stephen and Francine heard about the you have to take the head bit of information. So, if they did and I missed it, whatever. But let's just say for argument's sake they did not catch that bit. So, Steven's shooting. He's catching him in the chest. He's catching him in the shoulder. He's catching him on the broad pieces, right? But instead of being helpful and passing along this information, Roger just comes over, starts knocking the gun out of Steven's hand or taking Steven's shots because he knows to shoot them and he figured out, oh, if we take the head, they'll die. But no, he wanted to play, Roger wanted to play the hero. So he didn't bother telling anybody this information until way later. And I'm just stunned. It just, it pissed me off that whole time. I'm like, you know how you could have solved all of this? Hey, Flyboy, shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the fucking head. Done. I mean, there was the the stuff where it's like Flyboy, like, hit that zombie in the head with a hammer. And I think there was another one that he killed. But it was just one of those, But I don't think he worked the math out yet. No. And there was a couple of times where uh, later on, him, uh, Francine and and Flyboy are on the uh, ice rink. And they got mannequins at the other end. And they're, you know, practicing. Which is great. Good for them. It's it's what they should be doing. Especially because there's a sporting goods store in that mall that they raided to get ammunition. Yeah. So, but that was the thing was, I remember it from that documentary where they were saying that Flyboy was meant to be that that weird third wheel person, like very awkward, uh, just... Trying where, to fit in, but not really fitting like, in. Okay, so that, that scene where uh, Peter and Roger are down in the mall and they're just having the fucking time of their lives they've already figured out it's like okay we're gonna get into jc pennies we're gonna go fucking shop and we're gonna get the shit you know they got their wheelbarrow full of shit and they figured out okay we're gonna get the zombies to go to one area so we can go to another so we can get out that whole thing like they were they already had a fucking plan and they were in and like they were already in it and then flyboy when he wakes up and he hears that oh they already gone down downstairs like a dumbass, instead of staying there, he decides, like, oh, I'm going to go and try and... He leaves his pregnant girlfriend yeah. alone and unarmed. Unarmed. And that is something where it's so fucking stupid, but again, he's trying to be but he wanted the to be, cowboy. He's oh, trying to be the, the hero. But in the meantime, he thinks it's a bad idea for Francine to learn how to, I don't know, take care of herself? Yeah. Oh, and then... Are you like, serious? And then when they, they come back up, like, so when he leaves, he actually gets out the door... And that's when the the Krishna zombie gets in and yeah. scurries off. So again, that's Flyboy's fault that Francine is now in that predicament. Yeah, when he could have stayed there. So that whole. But thing, also, yeah. Francine forgot one tiny yeah. little detail on that door. There was a lock, lock on the knob. <laughs> she 
<laughs> unless, unless for some reason that lock was broken, I, who knows? That lock wasn't broken because they used it later in the movie. Did they? Yes. Okay. Well, it's just because that door constantly just always had a zombie. No, there it. was a lock on it, and then they locked it, and then they still barricaded yeah. it in just for shits and gigs. But like, she didn't even bother trying the lock. She's like, eh, eh, with the boxes. She put like three boxes in front. It's just like, it's and they weren't even in any space that would have even hindered no. the opening of that door. So bad. She put them like on the hinge side. Yeah. And I'm watching this and I'm like, nobody's this stupid. I've met some really, really dumb people in my life, but nobody is yeah. this fucking... She's this fucking stupid. <laughs> and then the Harry Krishna zombie gets in and thankfully she gets saved in the end. But I'm just like... Yeah. What? But that, so... Oh, and then like after Flyboy gets through... So he's doing this thing where he's in the, the boiler room and he's cracking off shots at a zombie with- in the <clears throat> dark with a revolver. And they're just ricocheting around the fucking room. I couldn't. I couldn't wait for him to die. So I, the, that that scene was really cemented the idea in my head that he needed to die. See, just I, because I couldn't stand him. Now, as as dumb as that scene is, like for that character, I love the way that it was filmed, like that it, because it was very weird because it's like even though you have the slow moving zombie it's only one flyboy has no idea where this thing is but he knows it's there but he's shooting he's he's, he's blindly shooting but he's i like that there's with, the... but he only has six fucking bullets yeah and he's just firing them into the wind yeah. and it drove me crazy because i'm like you have he didn't have any more ammunition in his fucking pockets yeah. But that's where that's where that whole character concept of him uh, just being the I, I guess naive kind of dim way. Like he's not a man. Like he's not a, a, an officer of any. He doesn't have any any training. So he's a fucking pilot. He's a, he's just a he's a news guy. Well, he like, doesn't have any training, but he didn't have a whole lot of common sense either. No. And that's where it was very, very stupid to have him just run through and then all of a sudden come into this this predicament. So he goes into yeah. – this is how I know. I was like, you know, you can say, all right, he probably shouldn't have been handling a gun. He wasn't trained, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. He went down into the bowels of that mall alone in the dark. For what purpose? I don't fucking know. Well, because he just wanted to go out there and be with the boys and, and actually make sure that they were going to be okay, even though they were fine. Why were <laughs> He was the only one down there. Yeah. Well, it's like when he actually came out of the from the boiler room, he came out into the mall entrance and ran into a bunch of zombies. And then that's when Peter comes around the corner. And he's like, Flyboy, run this way. Don't run like through the – don't – take them back through the corridor. Like, we don't yeah. want, like, I don't want them. And he was going there. to lead them right back to where, where yeah. their little hideout was. So he was just like, don't run that way. And and then out of nowhere, Peter fucking picks up a zombie and yeets that some bitch right over the side of the railing. It's so goddamn good. But like, <laughs> but that was, you say th- so. that was, that was so good. Uh, come on. Like actually be like, here, I'm just going to pick a zombie up and just, Chuck it. Like. Let me tell you where I'm at here. <laughs> Let me... I'm going to stop the, the revelry here that you're experiencing, and I'm just going to pump the brakes, because uh, you said at the beginning of this, I didn't like the movie. 
this movie bored me to fucking tears. Mm. I was... The first 10 or 15 minutes, I was like, okay. And I'd seen bits and pieces of it. My dad's a big Romero fan. Yeah. So I grew up with Night of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead and stuff. But this is one I'd only seen in bits and pieces. I never sat through and watched from beginning to end. And I will never sit down and watch it from beginning to end ever again. This movie is boring. It drags. Nothing happens. There's no story. None. There's zero story to this story. That entire second act, woof. Why is it over two hours long? There's no reason for this movie to be this long. Not a single goddamn one. You could have trimmed 30 minutes from this and made it like a tight 90 minutes and it would have been a much better film for it. There's no reason for this. I was not entertained by watching four people dick around a mall for over an hour of this movie's runtime. And they weren't even dicking around the mall. They were dicking around JCPenney's. They didn't go anywhere else. They were in their apartment. They went to Penny's and then back to their apartment. That was it. Occasionally broken up by little fits of let's go block the doors and hunt some zombies. But like, we didn't need that to be that long. There was no reason for that at all. It was stupid. And I'm not entertained by fucking any of it. And them entertaining this fantasy of, oh, golly gee, what would it be like? And to top it off, it's a little bit hypocritical of Romero to say that this was his commentary on and satire on consumerism and then have his protagonists revel in this consumerist fantasy. Like, he's talking about people who, you know, because he'd gone to that, that exact same mall during operating hours, watched people walk around and go shopping and realized they were an awful lot like zombies. And that, thus, the premise of this movie was born. And then he goes and he has our protagonists doing all of that. So either there was some weird little hypocritical hiccup in here, or... Like, I don't know what he was trying to say with that. It's just what it is. Like, it, like exactly what you said with the zombies just where, uh, like, when the group shows up and they're like, why are they here? And they're like, it's, this was an important pl- place in their lives. Like, it was, it's where they would, it's, it's just how, what they know what to do. And to have the four people, it's like, okay, so if you get into, okay, let, let's put it this way. Uh, what's a zombie movie like? Zombieland, right? Mm-hmm. You like Zombieland. Four people mm-hmm. traveling around, mm-hmm. having a good old time. Mm-hmm. Very, very funny. They show up at Bill Murray's house. Mm-hmm. They're playing Monopoly with actual fucking money, mm-hmm. right? That was a version of satire, and it was a satirical thing that was actually that that I found amusing. Yes, no, but that but so think about it this way. You have four people going into a mall. You basically have now made, and, and after they clean it out, clean all the zombies up, get it, you know, make it safe for themselves, they block everything off. That is, the apartment that they live in is not just their apartment. The mall is now their mansion. It's mansion filled with 
materials and things and and items for them to mess around with. Like there was one of those like really awesome. It was a which a, would a have fun... been great if they actually explored the mall. They didn't. But they went was, to J.C. Penney and back. there was J.C. Penney's that they went through. That was the first store that they went to because it was one of the largest it in the, the mall. It was the only store outside of the gun shop that they, they went didn't, to. But they also like during the filming they were restricted to certain things because a lot of those store owners did not want them filming in their stores. but it ended up being a detriment to the movie. It was boring. It was one of those things where, yes, you saw what they were doing. And again, this is back in 78, right? So this is early on Mall. So this is like before like everything started like really booming. Like like what we saw with like, you know, T2 and, you know, any fucking, you know. Mall rats. Mall rats and shit like that. But that's the thing is it was still one of those things where, Yes, you're following four people that are in, that are stuck in a mall. They are hunkered down in a mall. The one thing that I do love about zombie movies, I mean, I know you're not big into zombie movies. I think no, and this is not helping its cause much. No, at all. but that's the thing is like, so you are not a zombie movie fan. Me, I have always been a zombie movie fan, and that's where the one thing that I absolutely love when it comes to the zombie conversation for anybody the one go-to is where would you go what would you get or what would you do like that's the questions that you always get and because of romero's mall gimmick it's like shit i go to a mall like because there there could be food there could be and i hear you i hear you it's not like it's a stupid idea you have generators you've got the food court you've got Refrigerators and freezers full of food, clothes, yep. stock. If you go, not now, because most malls are fucking ghost towns now. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but 35 years ago, 45 years ago, yeah, it, like, it would have made sense. I'm not saying it does not make sense yep. in the context of the grand scheme of a zombie apocalypse. It 100% makes sense. In this film, it ended up being a handcuff because they were only allowed into cert- one store... Of that entire mall. That was it. And then they had the run of the corridors, basically. But it was boring. It didn't do anything for me. It's like, we're going back to Penny's fucking again. And they're just getting clothes from Penny's again. And they're... Apparently there used to be a little grocery section at Penny's. But, but also... Like, and, and, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking it away from you because, it, like, I mean... I spent almost two months telling you how boring I thought Halloween was. It's one of your one of your favorites, and it was just one of those like it. So I'm not going to take that away from you that it was it was a boring concept. I'm taking it as okay. So if I'm in this film or if I'm doing this for what they were doing, even though J.C. Penney's was big. It was secure. They were had it blocked off. They didn't have to worry about zombies. They didn't have to do anything. Granted, it's like once they actually cleaned everything out, I think uh, there was more like department stores that they showed. They just didn't actually show them going into the store. They like just showed them like playing around in the makeup and things like that, or, or what what have you. Um, again, it's, a, it's just one of those things where it's just showing them living in this area and at that point too at a certain time frame in the film even the the four of them they also got 
they, they, they were like, we can't do this anymore. Like, what are we doing to ourselves? It's, we're just stuck here. And even like Francine, she was just like, I can't, like, we're, we're just, we're locked in. Like, this is not beneficial. Like, we got to get out of here. We can't, we can't stay here because this is just a prison, even though that they're, if they're well, they, they've got it pretty well made in there. Yeah. I mean, it's, they haven't had anybody fuck with them. They haven't had to really, I mean, after they cleaned out all the zombies from the mall, they haven't had a, a, a problem. Like it's, sure, it's been, you what, could live. But where this movie fucked up is they stretched that part out for entirely, to, did yeah. it need to go on for an hour? And that's where I think the the 2004 was a little bit better because you're adding in, uh, more components and with once, more people. And but. once the boys very quickly resolved their issues, because Pete and Pete, well, Roger was buddies with, with Steven, but Pete knew that Steven was fucking useless. But once the boys resolved their issues and Steven kind of got his shit together, there was no conflict. Yeah. There was no, there was no story at all. Yeah. And then, so by the time the bikers showed up, I'm bored out of my mind. I don't fucking care. And then the bikers turned out to be nothing. Like, Steven got hurt, but you could have put him in that same position without the bikers coming in. They came in to stir up some shit, but it wasn't interesting, and they were dispatched very, very quickly. Also, most of them were just as dumb as our as Steven yeah. and Roger, they, like were, the more, they were used for cannon fodder. Like the fucking moron who st- who was being a horde of zombies is closing in on him, so he sits his happy ass down at a blood pressure machine and shoves his arm in the cuff. Nobody is that stupid. Nobody. Yeah, and that was the thing where it was when the bikers showed up. That was another little concept that I loved. It was a concept that would have been great if they did it better. But they didn't do it very well at all. But I love that where... um, So back in with uh, Night of the Living Dead with the rednecks that went out and they were, you know, shooting all the zombies and just cleaning everything up. And, Uh you know, they they were just the good old boys just having a good old time. Well, I love that concept in a zombie apocalypse where you have just a group of people that just doesn't give a fuck. It's like they're, they are not worried hold, about... Hold on. The- no, 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 no. Those boys weren't out because they didn't give a fuck. In Night of the Living Dead, those guys were out hunting zombies to try to help. No, 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 no. But they had that mentality of, we're just out, we're just out shooting. And even in this movie where they actually had the... Uh, the, like the National Guard in Pennsylvania, they they were out there and like so they were filming all the the military people and then they also had like those red like the rednecks cracking open beers and they were just you know taking just uh, uh, pre- you know, firing range like practice and stuff like that like on the zombies yeah like they were just like yes they were out there doing their thing but they were having just a good old time doing it and it was that part was entertaining because that seemed more real to me like that seemed more like how people would act to me than what was going on inside of this mall but the the biker gang the biker gang is something where it's you have this you can have those certain groups of people 
that are that have that gang mentality or just that I don't give a shit about society or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they don't care about that. There's fucking zombies. I'm just going around slaying people. It's like I'm just I'm just going around well, and just they, beating the, the, the shit out the of The bikers people. were taking advantage of the fact that it was the fucking apocalypse, so they could go out and they could raid. Yeah. They were raiders, is essentially what they were doing. Yeah. Pirates, and raiders, bikers. Yeah, yeah. They were out they were like, Oh, this is our opportunity to cause some mayhem and loot some shit. Cool. Yeah. And that's what they were doing. And they I guess they'd been judging by the conversation that they were having when we met up with them, they'd been kind of keeping an eye on that mall for a while like they'd been kind of watching trying to figure out like what's really going on in there because they saw the helicopter well like okay cool but did it have to turn into a fucking nothing burger it was nothing it was so anticlimactic the way that they were dispatched and I there was no real like, yeah, there was the shootout with the boys and the bikers, but there was no real conflict. There was no real setup or tension built. The bikers just broke in and started ransacking shit. Like, there was no face-to-face showdown with the bikers and the boys. There was none of it. It was all hunting and shooting There was a couple of times shadows. with Peter and, and uh, Tom Savini's uh, and Blade's character like there was a couple times where they were like kind of faced off there um and there was the the one thing where where peter is gonna go up back into the the little like rafter area and so he's standing in the middle of the little hallway and then blade is sends one of his boys out to go get him and then peter just cracks off a shot but it's just like they're going at each other and then later uh, Blade is out, like he's on top of this little like planter, and then he stabs the zombie, looks up, and then sees Peter in the little area, and Peter cracks him and shoots him right off the ledge. But he, they were, the, it's weird because Peter and Blade were kind of just going at it, but from afar, and Blade was trying to go after him, and they were causing a fucking ruckus and the, the it, only you know but that was about it but the only lead-in we got to that because there was no no tension build up the only lead-in we got was when they managed to pick up the radio signal and the one guy was talking shit yeah oh the, you really radio. fucked up now <laughs> like, like but again we had spent so long watching four people dicking around in a mall that by the time the biker showed up i didn't care it wasn't exciting it was just a nothing, and it was like, oh goody, more people to get killed, I guess. See, I don't, I don't see it that way because when you see them, uh, the our group on top of the, well, I just want the movie to be over. By I then. know, but that's where I don't agree with you on that because when I see the bikers coming in, even though yes, like they are now just being, it's just everything is getting stale. Life is just kind of just there. However, it's like in a zombie apocalypse. You're going to have to sit and wait. We just got done doing this shit with COVID. Sitting in our goddamn house for fucking ever. And it's like, yes, like we didn't really understand fucking COVID in its fullest. I mean, it's like there was all this information going on. We in Florida. We didn't do that. No, but that's where I'm like, but we were in our fucking house for so goddamn long going fucking bananas. And I can understand that. You know, tensions are going to get high and people are going to get sick of each other and all this other bullshit. I mean, luckily they had a goddamn mall to just go and just 
blow steam off or go do whatever the fuck they wanted, you know, away from each other. But at the same time, it's just I could see it's like they have a life. It is comfortable. They can survive out of this entire world where this is not just a farmhouse. This is gone on a global scale where uh, they're taught like you know the news anchors are talking about how there's just all those like martial laws and it's spreading out very very uh, violently and ferociously throughout the world and it's not just hitting you know just the the big it's 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 a big spread and so that's the thing is like so these people are locked are locked down they're surviving like that's the thing is in a zombie apocalypse you are only worried about your survival am i correct like in every zombie movie, in every zombie film, every zombie TV show, when you get that person that's sitting there going, "Oh no, we need to save!" Like I need to save them. I need to like they end up dead every single time. Well, we didn't have that you in know? this movie, thankfully. We didn't yeah. have anybody who was just like, "Oh, oh no!" But they're still human. Thankfully, there was none of that insufferable bullshit. Thank yeah. fucking god. Um, I think that was more. I think that's going to be more of a day of the dead on type of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't get the hype behind this movie at all. I really don't. There's, it's, I will agree that because it was, okay, I'm going to put it this way. So as I'm watching this film for the podcast, right, doing my due diligence and everything else. Our son wakes up and he comes out and he's checking out the movie. And he's like, well, what is this? I was like, this is Dawn of the Dead. And he's like, oh. And he sees the zombies. He's like, he's like, oh, these aren't really scary. Like, why are these people, like, why are they Smurfs? Why are they, why are they blue and gray? And it hit me. I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I think this would be okay. And he sat out there and watched it with me. And it was more intriguing to see an eight-year-old experience that movie to, like, an adult experiencing it. So, with that, it's the movie itself, the production value of it, is garbage. It's terrible. Some of the special effects that Tom Savini did for the film, cool. Cool. Like, not his best work, but it's, like, for 78 early Savini, like, it's a start. Like, he, there was a lot better stuff as he went on, but from him coming off of war into a makeup, like, where the actors, like, the the people that they had coming in to be the zombies, they literally paid them a dollar and a donut. That's not, like, a, here's a dollar and a donut and have fun. Like, there you go. That's 78 equivalent of 10 bucks and a ham sandwich? A dollar and a donut. And so, and they had a very tight working schedule. They had to get all their actors painted and made up. And like, so, and uh, we watched the, the Kill Count from uh, James A. Janice and... and yeah, Dead Meat. The, or Dead Meat and stuff. And I think there was what almost over almost two hundred kills. It was over one hundred forty. One hundred forty or something like that. And I was like, and all the zombies that you see in this film, it's like so in that scale of a movie where you have that low of a budget and you have 
this short time frame, you're not going to get the best work because you're rushing through it. Compared to where you got like Greg and Nicotero, where like the zombies for Walking Dead are fucking amazing. Well, Nicotero is a Savini protege. Yeah, but that's the thing is like now you have the you have the this day and age makeup artistry. You have what was back in '78, and then it goes through. But as I said, our son watched it, and he was like, "These guys aren't scary. It's just fucking people." And that's the the whole thing of like back in like Night of the Living Dead. I like those zombies a little better because it was a little bit eerier with the black and white. I'm glad you brought up the yeah. makeup and special effects. So it worked for Night of the Living Dead because of the shadows, right? Yeah. Like you're cast in shadows. You don't really. And it was filmed on pretty. It looked low a little bit quality. more ghoulish. Yeah, it was yeah. fuzzy. It really worked in black and white. The makeup effects outside of the. Um, where they actually had to do the patches with the injuries and stuff like that. Like, the injury stuff worked okay. But the zombie makeup is trash. I don't think anyone's going to argue with me that the blue pancake makeup didn't do it. There there was a couple of zombies where they actually had amputees, um, like, on set, and they, you know, did them up like they were missing limbs, and you could see the fleshy bits. And, um, like, there was a stuff with, like, the bikers where I, they did it better in Day of the Dead than we'll get to that but where they rip them open and they're actually taking out uh like organs and stuff like that No, like i said the the injury special effects they they still hold up okay they still work i'm just talking the general zombie makeup is trash yeah um this was a dario argento one of the three godfathers of jello um he was one of the co-conspirators on this film. He helped. Yep. He was one of the producers. He helped get this thing off, funded off the ground because yeah, he loved he, Night of the Living Dead. He sent or he brought Romero over to Rome to actually just write it, and he wrote it in like three weeks. Yeah, um, mostly drunk. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you could tell that there's a couple of Argento fingerprints on us because of the the redness of the blood. Well, um, they did that because it was he wanted it to be more of a comic book feel, and he and he, yeah, li- he liked work. the Dario, but Dario never actually influenced uh, Romero at all. He just kind of was like, okay, cool, like good, good idea. And Regardless yeah. of whether or not he still used the the Technicolor blood, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, it looked awful. It didn't. It, the tone. There were so many pieces that didn't fit. Like, the tone, it was supposed to be satirical, but it didn't hit. And when it was supposed to be serious, then they would put in that comic book, the the Technicolor Mm -hmm. Blood Red. That didn't work. The score? What the fuck? Why? Oh, I I was digging the score, actually. No! I was digging it. (laughs) Awful. It didn't make any sense. Although, now I'm glad to know where the robot chicken outro music came from. But it was it was too goofy. It was goofy to the point of distraction. Honestly, like the you have you're having this like the end of the film where you get the robot chicken music and that's how I'm going to refer to it from here on out because that's what I know it from. But um you have this scene of it's supposed to be a fairly bleak feeling scene. The zombies have overtaken them all again. There's a whole been a whole bunch of death and destruction. And then you get the the what they call it, the gong music. Whatever, the robot chicken music. Mm-hmm. And then you get that at the end of it. The supposed to be piping through the speakers of the mall. Yeah. 
No mall has ever played music like that. None of them. It's so bad. Why? It's You're playing this goofy music overlaying something that's supposed to be bleak and sad. And the original idea was that everybody was supposed to die, like at the end of Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead. But he didn't. He let two, two people get out and survive. So I guess Ken Foray is going to be baby daddy at this point, because who the fuck else is Francine half? Um, so, but it's just like, it made my eye twitch because it, the, they didn't fit. It's like, you're trying to fit a curvy puzzle piece and a jagged puzzle piece and you're jam- No, a better analogy is you're taking two Barbies, you're smashing them together. You're like, now kiss, trying to make it work and it doesn't work. (laughs) See, I don't see that at all. I was, you're not going to. No, but I don't, that, like, that's fine. That's that's the whole point of us having a difference. Is I don't have to sit there and and and, and agree with with that premise that you just gave. I I dug it. The whole thing of, of when they said, "Hey, let's play the music over the loudspeakers to cover up our tracks." And yeah, it was goofy Calliopean circus music. I have no idea if back in the seventies, if or sixties and seventies, if malls played music like that because who knows if they had rights to actually play any radio music over the goddamn speakers it's like so who knows i have no idea i didn't live back in the that era so that's it that's what that is i don't know i'm gonna ask my mom yeah i would i would definitely ask that but so having that music on there it was a weird I like the the different tones of that where yes you're getting the cl- the the circus music and then seeing them like Peter and Flyboy picking up all the bodies of the zombies that they like it's a very bleak it's very dark when as viewers we're looking at zombies and just say, oh, okay they're they're just zombies for them it's they're picking up just random citizens and putting them on trays and taking them to a freezer while this the circus music is going on. It's a it's a weird, as you said, weird mashing. But for me, it, it worked. And on top of that, the music that the band Goblin uh, did for the film, one of my favorites, um, they actually used in Shaun of the Dead. It's that weird uh, that weird uh, shaky tone. As they're coming in to you know fuel up uh, their their helicopter in that one scene, uh, there's just, like so much in there. But the one thing that I will say about the score is that it it does bounce around quite a bit. So it's not there's there isn't a consistent kind of theme to the music like where. <laughs> Let's go with my favorite movie, Jaws. Like, you, you got John Williams where... Yeah, none of the songs fit together either. The, the, yeah. It's like you have the that weird goblin music um, come in, and then later on you get into the mall with the, the circus. Then it goes into um, some more, like, kind of like an old school... Um, oh, like, I, I think it was like one of the fight scenes. You get the... It, almost like the universal horror movie, like dun 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 dun, and it's a, it, it's like okay, like I mean, it works for the scene, but again, it it doesn't mash up with what, what it you know, uh, it, it's happened before, and then 
I think my my favorite and the worst of all of them is when Peter goes to shoot himself and then says fuck it and then goes on this like big hero I'm just burning through all these zombies and you get the A team like like just the hero music and he gives that fucking big ass kick like the the pump kick? The pump kick is so good. Oh, it's like, so bad. Like, you just can't help it. Like, I mean, for Ken Forey, that's a big dude to be fucking pump kicking. Yeah, I, I would know. not want to be kicked like that, like, from that dude at all. Um, but that was the thing is, like, so I will agree that the music was very, was all over the place. However, in the scenes, like, like that were for, like, the circus, like, the the overlay music works for me because I like that mashing of something bleak and dark but with a comical overlay to it. And like that scene with the bikers and the the pie scene. Like Ugh. it was it was a fucking terrible scene. However, it at, like on the when they first throw the the first pie, it's funny because it's like oh like You've never, you're never going to see that again. Like, you're never going to see... But not a, only do they do the pies, they do the pies, the seltzer squirters, and I'm just like, the whole God thing. damn it. Yeah, the whole thing. Like, that, they, they, they took it a little, little too far. Like, if they would have just hit, like, one or two pies in the face and then just moved on, like, that would have been fine for me. It was just fucking hilarious just to think, I'm just going to just hit this dead thing with a pie. It's just... It, you're never gonna like see that. I mean, that would be something where it would be, and even like Romero was like, "This is just get like it's silly. Like we're gonna have a good time with this. It, it's in a weird way, this is a comedy. It's very dark and it's a horror movie, but there are comedy like portions to it. And like I, I think my all time favorite comedy bit in this goddamn thing is the fucking gun zombie." Yeah, the one walking around basically pointing the barrel of a gun at his own face. So, yeah, when Roger and Peter are first going into JCPenney's, they uh, they finally get the door open, but they're having to fight all these zombies off. And as they're fighting, Roger loses his rifle to one of the, to the zombies. And that guy carries around the fucking gun the entire movie. Like, there was, like as the, the group is going through the mall... You can see that zombie in the background just walking around holding a gun right at his face. And then, like, at the... kind of looked like Bruce Campbell. He did look like Bruce Campbell. I was like, it's the Ash I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's the Ash. Nowhere shop, near as entertaining. Shop smart. Shop that smart. Yeah, not anywhere near as entertaining. But then it was, like, so. right at the end... Peter, he gets up on the roof to uh, get in the helicopter with, with Francine to, to leave, and he runs right into that zombie that's holding the gun, and then Peter hands him the other gun, and he's like, oh shit, I got two guns now, and he didn't know what to do. I was like, it's so fucking hilarious. It's like, that is, that's something that was interesting because they played around with it later on in Land of the Dead, where the zombies could start to, they understood what certain things did and they were trying to, they're refiguring out how to utilize those things. So to have that zombie just kind of hold a gun and he knew that it's okay, well, here's 
here's the barrel and he's just, you know, mindlessly holding it at his face. It's like that, that's just kind of just what that is. So I like that there was remnants of like later on in the land of the dead of what, you know, things like that. Or like there was a zombie with the crowbar that smashed in the window while they were, you know, dealing with the, uh, um, the semi trucks and stuff trying to oh, block yeah, off. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, yeah, okay. Well, zombies could pick up things and they could use, you know, utilize tools to a degree. And they even mentioned that um, they had like one of the news reports going on, like while they were, you could see the zombies running around the the mall and stuff like that. It was just an over uh, overlay, and one of the anchors was like, yeah, it was like. Uh, it's no different than animals. Animals will uh, will find different ways to to utilize, uh, you know, different things. Like they don't see it, but it's like a, a bear, you know, opening a lid or something like that. It's like he knows that, that a lid is there, and it's like I think you might want a a better example of animals using things to their advantage, or the animals that actually use tools. Like chimpanzees using sticks, okay. yeah. sticks to pull ants out of a log. Exactly. Of okay, that's a that's a much better analogy than what I had. But that was the thing is like so the anchor was mentioning that they are no different than animals, like relearning or being guided by their just what used to be type of thing. Um, the one thing that I did love about this movie was the uh, the news anchors. Um. I like that there was a little bit more of a of a back and forth because it's in 2022 it's uh that is very heavy. It's uh having that two different sides of the coin and not understanding the other person's thought process on that is Oh, where the with the white guy with the eye patch, where he was calling everyone dummies. Well, that is that the one you're talking about? Um, about the be- well, oh, the beginning. Well, the beginning is is great, but it, like any instance where they're talking about what to do, and like they're they're actually talking to a science expert, and this person's like they're not understanding. Like so, those two guys at the beginning of the film that are basically having this argument, and the white dudes, uh, you. Know, talking about how you gotta uh you know dismember the brain and you know everything needs to be like they need to be killed like we can't let them go it's like they're the dead are coming back and then the other guy's like oh you're fucking bullshit what was great is that those two guys because they knew that they were going to be in the scene together they went and uh practiced the scene beforehand by just talking about just different current events and and having those differences of opinions and kind of letting each other have it type of thing. And then they came things change that scene. Yeah. That scene that we saw first was the one take. So they, they nailed it the first time because they're like, they knew exactly what they were going to say. They knew how like their, their intentions on that. And it was just, it's such a, it's such an interesting scene where this guy is like the, like this is serious. Like the dead are coming back, and they're eating people. And so we have, to, like, the only way to stop them is to cut off their head, like dismember the brain. And when you hear that from somebody from the other side, that they're not fully aware of what's going on. They don't. Mm. They haven't. But seen, they're people. 
Yeah, they haven't seen that, and they're like, oh my god, you're fucking crazy. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're supposed to be a scientist, and you're not – like – and that is such a – like it was such a weird contrast because then later on we get that same thing with the guy with the eye patch, and he's like – he basically has had it, and he's just like, oh, dummies, dummies, I'm saving dummies. It's like – Well, it's, the, the argument – it's the Shane argument from Walking Dead. The argument yeah. that was being presented was we need to be rational, we need to be logical, we need to suspend suspend all emotion, or the people who are currently alive will no longer be alive. Um, and to a point, I agree with that. Like, if you want to talk about zombie survival strategy, to a point, I agree with that. You know, if, if, they're, if your loved one is shuffling around with their arm hanging by a thread and wanting to eat your flesh... I'm going to go ahead and say it might be time to let Grandma go. Yeah. Because she's going to be a bit of a danger to you and the rest of your family. She's no longer a person. She's now a predator or a parasite, depending on how you want to look at the zombie types, and needs to be disposed of swiftly. However, I am not necessarily of the mind where you cannot expand your ranks as a human either. So, like... For me, it would be like if somebody if proves trustworthy enough, I would want to, want them to be a part of my group, especially if they were going to provide some sort of useful skill set. Like, all right, well, you know, it can't hurt to have more people, and you and I seem to be on the same wavelength, so come on. Um, which, in a survival situation, would make sense. There is strength in numbers. Um, I don't know. I just... That part, the the news bits where they would have the people arguing, it just hits a little too close. There was one of those felt like a Fox News segment, like yep, an old like Bill O'Reilly segment or something. And I'm just like, oh, um, Jesus! I've, I've seen way too many just news reports and things that like from the past what two years or so, and it's just been just constantly just back and forth bashing and it's, and it's stupid just, and it, it's exhausting. Yeah. And it is I, it is exhausting and it's. It's one of those things where, like, with but talking about it as zombies, like in the that in this context, it's weird to see where and, and even like one of the guys on there, he's like, "This isn't a Republican versus Democrat thing." He's like, nope. "I'm not here to." He's like, "I'm trying to save people." He's like, "I'm trying to make it so that you're like people can Do survive." Want to live? Yeah. Or and, what? And and that's that's the thing is it's to. Yes, they're they're saying something that's completely insane, and this is something that is is very new. I mean, this is like so. Night of the Living Dead happened, and this is kind of coming on the the skirts of that. And well, so it's, the, it's the epidemic several, is it's several weeks after. But that, that's what I'm saying is like it's it's still fresh to the point where like the news is now getting to the point where they're. They've caught up. Well, they're they're catching up, but then the emergency broadcast systems are taking over. And, like, so it's become this big, just pandemic, epidemic, like, this big thing that is now uncontrollable. And so that is where this the whole global scale of it is, is incredible because when you actually think about – what it is, I mean, again, back in 78, they, they kind of showed a little bit of it. They touched a little bit on it. But when you really think about how, like, uh, when we watched the, the movie um, Zombie, right? The Fulci movie? The Fulci movie. 
uh, which is fucking amazing. Which was billed so, as being a sequel to this movie yeah. somehow. But they kind of took that to an island and then it ended up going to New York and then it was just like it spread from there. I was like, so and then when we see things like The Walking Dead, it's like, well, okay, that was in the the Georgia kind of rural areas and then it you had cities and it was just massive, massive chaos. And so when you <laughs> weirdly enough, I actually think back to the Planet of the Apes remake movie. When they show at the end, when they show the how the spread of the disease and stuff like that for the humans, like it just kind of just went nuts, and then it just I was like, it went so fast, and I could see something like this happening just just as fast, and more like just as violent, really, just because I mean these people are out to. Like one of the uh, news anchors was saying that they're they're out for food. He's like, we we have to stop their food source. How do we do that? And he's like, do we just give up sacrifices? Or he's like, they're he's like they're eating each other. He's like, so do we just put them in a in a pen with the dead and just let them just nibble on each other? They're like, do we just gather them up? He's like, what do we? And and the guys are like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're like, you're insane. You don't know what like fucking. He's like, he's like, okay. Well, another thing that we haven't really thought about is, you know, nuclear bombs. Let's let's get these big areas. And he's like, let's drop bombs on them. Yeah, he's and on, like, on the cities on highly. Yeah, he's like, areas. he's like, oh, you can't be serious. He's like, he's like, is that a problem? Like, it's something that we haven't talked about. It's. This is something that we cannot contain. Yeah, that guy was going with a kill him with kill it with fire approach. Yeah. And that's where it's where he's just he was talking about they are after us because we are their food source. He's like they're not eating for nourishment. They don't digest for nourishment. They're dead. So it's they're just out to kind of have that uh they're consumers. that lizard brain the consumer. They're out to consume. Yeah. That's it. So it's just it, so I like that I like that dynamic of it and I love that the news anchors were chiming in and it was just the the back and forth bashing uh between between everything. There's a lot of philosophical questions that could be raised about um as as silly as a zombie movie is on paper. Like let's be honest, it's oh, yeah. a really silly idea. But there are a lot of philosophical questions that can be raised about a very silly idea. Um, there are a lot of what-if scenarios that could be painted, which is why this entire zombie genre exists, is because it's we're painting one-if, what-if scenarios. And there's so many stories of, of people, and I mean, that's, and that's one of the great things about it. But. And Romero was one of the, I'm not saying he was the first, but he was one of the first to create this version of a zombie. Um, he is the guy who, love it or hate it, he set the template. Um, I just think there are a lot of people that even if they're paying homage, especially to this movie, um, cause this is the one of that original of the dead trilogy that is held up in the highest regard. This is the one that's usually like top of the heap. Um, but there are so many people that have come after directors and writers that have paid homage to this movie or borrowed bits from this movie, or just taken that idea and expanded on it, the idea of the zombie, um, the creature itself, and have, they've built out 
these scenarios and these worlds. I honestly think, though, that every almost every single one of them has done it better than oh. what Romero has done. And that's where I've I've heard those arguments where like, okay, well, we've got you know those like video games, and we have newer movies where like the, well, the, the like, and that's the thing is like it's like okay, I get it. You want to hold up Romero because sure, he is he kicked off basically kicked off the American version of the genre, right? But I would I would argue that the Zombieland writers did it better. I would argue argue that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg did it better. I would argue that um, uh, the writer-director of Train to Busan did it better. I would argue that there are other... I mean, like I said, the zombie genre is not really my bag, but every once in a while, one will stick out to me as being a good movie. But I could even say that there are some later Romero zombie films that are better than this. This is long. It's draggy. I'm ready for my skull rating if you're if you're ready because I literally have nothing else to talk about this movie because it bored me to tears. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. If you want to give your skull rating, go for it. This is a one point seven. Ooh. Um, I'm not gonna be in a hurry to watch this movie ever again. Um, they really. I don't know if this was director indulgence, but the disc copy that I borrowed from you was like two hours and like ten minutes long or something like that. And there are even longer. Like the Argento cut is like two and a half hours long. Fucking why? Yeah, there's a, there's like a regular cut, an extended cut, a director's cut, Dario Gento's cut. Um, like, so there's there's a whole mess of them. The one that it's I... Wor- I, it's just as bad as Blade Runner. I, act- I actually watched the extended version and I don't remember anything that was like too too different however yes the the movie is much longer than what it was needed this with would have the been extended a, and i think I, that and i, I think did that give I, you the extended version i don't i don't know i don't care but i think what Zack snyder did was like yes he did a lot of things to change which is great which is what a remake should be it should be a reimagining of it you should have tent poles that harken back to the original source material but you really need to build it out because if you're making it beat for beat the same film omen carrie for example um uh let the right one in or i'm sorry let me in Mm -hmm. those movies don't justify their existence because they're shot for shot remakes of the original source material we don't want that we already have it try again so what snyder did is he tightened up that runtime by like a lot and uh, I think if this wasn't such a self-indulgent thing that Romero was doing, because Night of the Living Dead was not a long movie. I think it was like 85 minutes. Yeah. Like, it was a real tight, very concise, straight to the point, get in, get out. Yeah, I think it was about 85, yeah. I want to say it was in there. But if this movie had been like a really snug 90, 95 minutes, this would have been a much better movie. It would have been much higher on my list. But... I'm not going to repeat myself because I've already aired out, I think, just about all the grievances. Except for... Oh, God. I got one more. Oh, I thought you were done. Nope, I got one more. <laughs> the gun thing. What, hmm. what about the gun thing? There was You didn't notice the continuity errors with the guns? What do you mean? In some shots, I think there was one... Francine was on the roof, and she had a shotgun. And then it turned into a bolt-action rifle. And then it switched back to a shotgun, and they kept switching back and forth between those two guns. And, like, 
she's trying to take a sniper shot off the roof with a shotgun. Doesn't have that kind of fucking range. Yeah. And then it magically turns into a bolt-action rifle again, which can have that kind of range. Yeah, because I remember, like, she took the shot off, and from what I remember is it's just her doing the... That's a bolt. That's a bolt rifle. I I know what that is. I didn't... But I never caught the the shotgun bit. No. I'll have to watch it Then there was also continuity errors with timing. At the beginning of the film, when they're fueling up the chopper, there are some shots that are at night. There are some shots that are at, like either dusk or dawn, like, in terms of lighting, and then there are, like, bright middle-of-the-day shots all spliced together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty rough. Now, there was some... I mean, that's that's just your your, your filming. I mean, again, they had you know, a certain amount of time to do all this shit. They were shit, outside you know. in a field. I, I got... I understand, Meg. I'm just telling you that it's just, like, that's... I kind of give a pass to certain things like that when it deals with your... Because you have no idea what the fucking... your. But Michael Myers' fucking eyes over the course of four films, you can't let that go? Because somebody fucking created that. You're not dealing with the fucking weather. No, 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 Steven Spielberg had to deal with the New England waters when he was filming Jaws, and he went out of his way to make sure that he was lining those fucking shots up, getting the daytime right, and this is why Steven Spielberg is Steven Spielberg. Mm. It's a very simple thing to do. He was filming in a field. All right, I'll concede. Also... In an editing room. I'm not done. In an oh, editing okay. room. Give my ass handed to me over a stupid comment. Michael Myers fucking eyes. I'm mm. gonna hang I'm gonna die on this one. This is my hill. On mm-hmm. it. Good. So in the editing room you have hundred feet of film to pick from to edit this together. And so you're splicing your film together and you don't notice that the lighting in each of these cuts that are supposed to be happening at the exact same time are all at different times of the day. It didn't dawn on anybody. Not a single goddamn person. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So it's like little shit like that too where it was it was poorly filmed and poorly edited on top of it. So there was no story. It was filmed badly. The special effects outside of a few things we're kind of crappy because the pancake makeup and the paint blood. Even like, Tom Savini said that that was a bad. bad but choice. like, I don't get it. I don't get outside of the fact that this set a template. Okay, fine. Hats off to you, Romero. But like, I don't understand why so many people fawn over this movie as being like one of the greatest horror films of all time. It's a nothing. It's a nothing film. Nothing happens. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Your turn. Oh, God. Oh, I can talk now? Are you serious? <laughs> you talk more than anybody? No, oh, no, my no, no, God. No. There is this button, and I just pushed it. Quit pushing the fucking button. Oh, my God. I'm just joking. No, uh, I I get I get it, and I agree with you, and I concede about the editing and stuff like that. There was some stuff that it was weird because... Even though, like, yeah, okay, I, I agree with you after you mentioned to me about the Spielberg thing and throwing that in my face. I, I agree. But there was some stuff that w- was funny because for the continuity, for instance, like the, the shit with Roger and his jacket, there was this whole thing where while they were filming it, Roger didn't have his jacket. Like, he tied the jacket around his waist, and then in the next, like, couple scenes, he didn't have it. They... 
realize what he's like. Oh shit! Like he doesn't have that, and we already filmed all the stuff, and we're not. We can't go back and refilm it. So what are we gonna do? They had a guy come in, and while they're running through J.C. Penney's, one of the zombies like came out and grabbed Roger, took him down, and then Roger's like struggling with him, and then that's when he took the screwdriver and did the whole ear thing which is also another really cool little uh gimmick because it's not that he shoved it in his ear it's actually a tube that they pump blood in and it literally filled the guy's ear with blood and it just kind of spurted out and i guess it clogged that guy's ear so bad he's like he's like i'm still having trouble hearing like it's this like it really it did kind of fucked him go up to the hospital or i'm pretty care? sure I, I have no idea again a dollar and a Donut, Meg. A dollar and a donut. I hate everything about this. So that's so you. I'm gonna let me enjoy this. I actually enjoy this film. So that was the thing. Is like there was stuff. Oh, and then like so as Roger gets up, he the zombie's still holding onto his jacket, and that was one ways that they got away from the continuity, or they fixed the continuity in that scene. So yes, there was stuff where it's. This movie is very just put like it is just slapped together with duct tape and a dream. Like it is mm-hmm. it, it it is very rogue gorilla style movie and it's very weird just the fact that everyone was just in. Like we're just like, we're making a movie. Like let's just do it. Like we don't care what it's gonna cost and that was that's pretty awesome. I, I like that where it's just even like the town of you know Monroe and, and and just Pennsylvania like they just they were in like they got their fucking national guard they're like yeah let's use it go ahead it's all yours like and they were able to film it and make it on a bigger like make it feel bigger than what it was with Night of Living Dead. So for me, I actually gave this thing it was a three point one. Is it the best zombie movie ever? Hell no. I think it's silly as hell. The zombies don't do anything for me. I do appreciate the early Savini makeup effects. Especially like that one where the fucking racist cop goes in, kicks the door open, and then blows the fucking head off the dude. Uh, my favorite bad <laughs> effect in this movie was the helicopter blade chop. I love that because I love it because of how silly it is. They put a Frankenstein head on him. A hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. He's got a square dome, but what the, the fuck? but just the idea of like, how are we going to do this? I love that idea of just what are we going to do to get it to come off? And it's literally the zombie just, shark fight was better. Well, I mean, it's just because it's an actual fucking shark. I mean, it's you can't get around that. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, no. But that was still a cool thing of like, how are we going to do this? Where you got like a fishing line, and there's a guy off on the side, and Savini just goes run, and he just runs, and then it just whoop, takes off the top of his head, and then they just pump blood out, uh, out you know, down his face. I was like, it's just for me, it's just cool because of the visual. Does it look goofy as hell? Fuck yes, it does. <laughs> but it's still a cool visual. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fucking man-child at heart, so, I mean, shit like that is is always awesome. And, you know, one thing that was really fun was when uh, Romero was 
you know, gearing up to start making the film and he was trying to get everyone together, he sent a letter to Savini saying, hey, we're making a movie. Start thinking of ways to kill people. That's all. It's, that's all. It's, I mean, there's like maybe a couple of like other things that it, was in there, but like that was. The basis. That's what guy, Savini yeah. was like. Okay, cool. I'm in. Like, and so he just went on this whole thing of like, just any any which way they could try to kill people or do harm. And I was like, and stuff. That's such a Savini thing where it's like, okay, well, let's do like how flesh is going to come off of an arm. Or we're gonna blow up a head. I'm gonna put like a, a a cast of a of an actor's head and fill it with blood condoms and everything else and apple cores and anything that's actually from the fucking Something craft services. Chunky, yeah. yeah, it's like he's like literally it was from craft services. They just filled the fucking head and then blew the shit up. And one of the the great things is uh, in that documentary, uh, the actors like Ken Forhe and the rest of the guys they they heard what the stunt was going to be. And so like, okay, well we got to go see this. And so on that day, they were about to film the head blowing up portion of it. And Savini looked around. He's like, Oh shit, I have an audience. And so there was just this group of just people that were just aligned this whole thing. And all of a sudden they blew it up and everyone was just like, this is just not right. Like this is not normal. And (laughs) like, um, I think, I think it was like Francine was like, I can't, like this is just this this wrong. Oh no, it was the scene in the um the the basement when uh Peter and, and Roger had to go in and start, you know, clearing everything out. They turned around and they're like, We this is this isn't right. Like this is just wrong. And Romero turned to him and he goes, I know. <laughs> He's like, This is like like what else are we gonna do? Like this is the, the movie that we're making. Like, I know it's wrong. This is this is where we're at. Like <laughs> enjoy so and then like there's other scenes too like uh with peter and the kids like we mentioned earlier so when they go to fuel up um he hears uh ruckus behind one of the doors all of a sudden the door pops open and two little kids pop out and it's tom savini's like niece and nephew well ken didn't even know that there was it was supposed to be kids he knew that something was coming out of the door mm-hmm. but Romero wanted him to get the full reaction of what was there. So he was expecting a full grown person, maybe a zombie coming at him, whatever. He wasn't expecting two kids. And then the fact that he had to shoot the kids, like really, you know, messed Ken up because he's like, I didn't like that at all. Like that was just, it was hard. And like later on in the film. Yeah, Savini's niece and nephew. Yeah. And later on in the film, they had that bit with Francine that J.C. Penney's where uh, she locks the door and the nun's halibut uh, <laughs> gets stuck in the door. Well, I guess in the, the original portion of it, Francine was supposed to open up the door with her and like crack in the uh, like crack the door open, stick her barrel down and, and shoot the nun to clear it out. But um, that's, you know, later on they changed it so that she just kind of opened it up a little bit to let the, the nun go and let her be on her way. Cause Romero's like, we can't shoot a nun. Like, <laughs> he's like, we just, I was like, you can shoot kids, but you can't shoot a nun. Like what? Where's that's, the line? That's his line. His line is nuts. But I was like, oh my God. I was like, this. but there was stuff that I did like, um, where we were talking about how, there wasn't a whole lot of that, oh, but they're just people or whatever. Francine did that a couple times where she actually sat 
down. Like there's one where there's a baseball player and he just he pops a squat and she just kind of like sits there and just looks at him. I mean, it's not to sit there and go like, oh, like they're just you. Like she's like in a weird way, kind of uh, like I guess reconcile or like just like registering what is actually like really happening to them and just just sitting there watching just this decaying body just stare back at her um which is a the really it's a it's a nice and, and simple little little scene but um yeah i mean like for me it's like like i said i'm giving this it's a 3.1 is it the best absolutely not there's so many better ones Shaun of the dead is my all-time favorite train to busan fucking epic so good but those are a lot newer they they took that template of what romero based it off of and they kind of built up on that and that's where I give them better because it's 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 more well done, bigger budgets, all that good shit. Romero, it's gorilla. He literally did it for absolutely nothing, and he did it based off of you know just knowing people, having friends, having a town behind him, and he it, yeah he is the granddaddy of what we all know as zombies today. Like I mean, it's just everything from Walking Dead. Shaun of the Dead, Train of Busan, Left for Dead video games, fucking everything. Everything that deals with a dead corpse coming back to life and eating people. Romero, Romero, it was his, his baby. Which, which is so, why I yeah. will respect, like, I will give Romero the respect he deserves. Because yeah. he did. He set something in motion and very few... Um, People in pop culture could say that they did that. They have a legacy that spans six decades. Even though Romero died a few years ago, um, he left a hell of a legacy in his wake. I, but objectively, and I can say this about Wes Craven's movies too, and a bunch of other people. Like objectively, I can look at something and go, "No, I don't think this is very good." Oh, and and that's where it's like. I mean, if you think a movie is boring and like years ago I watched this movie and I said the same thing I think I watched it when we were over uh, still living with your parents for that little bit I remember Dawn of the Dead came on and I was just like this is boring I was like I, like the zombies aren't nothing scary it's it's whatever it is but when I sat down to watch it for the podcast and I was like really watching it and then and then like I said having our 8 year old son sit down I was more thrilled because there was the like there was a couple of shots where he saw them like you know getting shot in the head and stuff and he's like he's like oh how'd they do that and then like I was explaining to him about it's like oh they they fill the balloons and stuff like in like the blood I think he's gonna like horror movies because I think he's gonna really get into the makeup effects yeah and, I think that might be his thing and like when he started he was like oh he's like you can do that I was like yeah like there's all like like as then, a job and then he saw like the the head come off of the the helicopter. Uh, you know, kill, and he was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, did that really happen? I was like, "No." It's like, and I explained to him how they did, it, and he's like, "That's cool." It, it, he saw it as a magic trick, mm-hmm. and that was something where I was so. That's all special effects is is magic tricks. Again, it's one of those like, yeah, he's eight years old, and I could see you know that argument. It's like, oh, he's it's too young to to see that, but like, but he had this interest of like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know you could do stuff like that. There was some stuff like the ear thing where he was like, I didn't like that. That was that was a little too much. I mean, and yeah, there's granted there's stuff that I watch now that I'm like, I can't I can't do that. It's just it it bugs me. Like the cabin cabin fever 
uh, dog eating the face thing. <laughs> it's like I, uh, it gets my just makes my stomach turn. But at the same time, he was interested. He was invested. And the fact that, yeah, the zombies weren't scary, he was just like, oh, cool, there's zombies. It's it's this dead thing that's walking around. He got the concept of it, and he was about it. And that's something where now it's like as he goes forward in his horror movie days, he's going to know this is where it came from. And this is where it's like – you get that concept and you, like he may not get the whole all the underlining you know consumerism like all that shit no 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 kids but kids yeah. that age they're just gonna see it as it's a scary monster movie yeah. that's all they're gonna and see and that's where I mean like when he sees something like Michael Myers and honestly you know, it's, it's just what it is same thing and honestly the consumerist message isn't even very well fleshed out it, all it is is just the zombies just showing back up at the, all. Like yeah. no, no, no. What I'm saying is he was trying to create a satire and riff on the consumerism thing. I don't even think he did that particularly well. No, it, it just didn't. It just didn't translate on film very well. Maybe someone else saw it, but I don't know. I'm pretty good at it reading was, that stuff. It's just not. It, it didn't was. Do it. it was there to a degree, but it was. I don't, not I, the I, degree a lot of people think it's there. No, I, I don't think it's like it's no. it's like, like because there's like in some documentaries where Romero's like, oh, I was saying something, but it was like it wasn't just there. It's like it was in your face, and I'm like, eh. it was kind of, but you weren't saying much. You were just being yeah. It's like you gave us a quick loud shout, and then you never actually took the time to expound on the idea. You just bored me about it. Yeah. I mean, and that's where I think as movies go forward, like when you get into Day of the Dead. Like, I think I think Carpenter, John Carpenter, when he did They Live, was a much better example of... Oh, 100%. Of having that, uh, of that, um, the rhetoric on consumerism and capitalism. I think John Carpenter did that much better because... Because I think John Carpenter is much more principled about that idea mm-hmm. than George Romero was. Yeah. And so he could do it better. Yeah. And that's where it's like I think Romero just had that the inkling of the idea, but for a zombie movie, you're not gonna get this like in depth thing. So it's like it's a nice idea. Like I mm-hmm. appreciate that he went there and I love that it was in a in a mall that was something that was so Again, from like that time frame where malls were huge. I mean, not you, yet. They weren't that big. No, yet. but they I mean, were on the way up. But that's what I'm saying. It's like for us, like you and me, as like '90s kids, where oh, yeah. it's like Friday nights. What are we doing? Fucking the mall. We're gonna go hit the movies and we're gonna go hang out at the mall like a bunch of goons. Mm-hmm. That's what we. That's what we all did. And it was just something where it's. For me, watching that, going, okay, it's a mall, it's something that we absolutely know, it's it's convenient, it's right there, it's got everything that you absolutely need in life, to a degree, and it's it's right there. So it's kind of like um, if they if they shot a movie in a Walmart, <laughs> like a zombie movie in a Walmart, you got everything you fucking need there in a Walmart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's if, like, we were, if you were to do yeah. Dawn of the Dead now, it would have to be in a Walmart because malls are dead. Yeah. All right, everybody. But yeah, so you got one point seven. I ended up with a three point one. 
I enjoy the film. I'll defend it. This is going to be interesting but, to see where it lands yeah. on our ranking. Yeah. So, All right. There you go. So that's it for Dawn of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could have been more enthusiastic about it, but alas, I was not. Hey, you know what? That's the whole point of this podcast is that if we sit there and have just the same, 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 it's not going to be interesting. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm not going to be polishing everybody's yeah. And And I like that we do have those differences, like where we have like our Shining episode, where it's just like literally... It's a complete separate, you know, so, and <laughs> it's good. I like it. You can get on your soapbox every now and then. I like it. Gee. <laughs> and I'll just keep poking the button. Thanks for the permission. <laughs> You're welcome. So anyway, next week, we're moving on into the 80s with uh, his commentary on the military industrial complex with Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Let's see if he's a little more successful with this commentary than he was this time around. <sighs> I'm actually excited to see what uh, what your boy Curtis. Oh, my army vet boyfriend has to say. About <laughs> yeah, it? yeah, that's gonna be great. You just like just tell him to go into it, just nope. open minded, and nope. just like relax and just no. enjoy it no. because he's not gonna like it. Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy it. It's one of my favorites. Joe got it. Oh my god, it's so Joe fucking so fucking good. But yeah, but that's that's the thing is yeah I'm excited to see because he hated this movie he actually didn't want to finish it like no, he didn't so. finish it without him. oh so, yeah and he there at least sat through all of the Halloween films <laughs> till the end till the credits rolled whether he liked them or not he sat through till the credits rolled this one nope oh man so until next week when we do Day of the Dead make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'll drop in your favorite podcatcher next Tuesday um, like share comment. Five star reviews obviously are greatly appreciated. Uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher, which we're not super active on currently, but we're still there. Yeah, Slasher is weird. It's 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 eh, it's. I'll have to see if I can jump back on it. and yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not super active on it currently, but we're, we are active on Facebook and Instagram. Creeping it real. R e e l is a movie real. Um, and email creepingitreal.cm at gmail.com if there's a franchise or something that you want to cover. We have one in particular who has suggested Gritters. He also suggested Scream, so there there is a... All right, Shane, we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> I'm saying Critters is pretty good. Mm, creators. Creators. Critters. Can you say that with Critters? Critters. It's like, it's like watching Dead Meat Dinosaur. Dinosaur. He can't not say Dinosaur. Critters. Uh, oh, God. And then, um, seeing as it's getting into the holiday season... Uh, might I whore myself out shamelessly and suggest that you buy our merch to stuff your favorite person's stocking with. Or maybe not their stocking, maybe something else. Hey. Uh, com. Click the link, or you can do the link in the Instagram bio. Uh, they're going to be running a ton of specials, email coupons, app coupons, so keep an eye out on sales and go ahead and apply those to whatever creeping it real merch you've had your eye on. Um, but until next week, when we venture into the report 1980s, I'm Mr. Smick. I've been the good bit of lunchbox. And when there is no more room in hell, the dead shall We got this by the ass! <laughs>